0: Here on the Christine Apchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change?
1: Welcome to the Christine Apchurch Show here on 1150 AM KKNW in the Seattle area and on Transformation Talk Radio around the world. You might be listening live now or you might be listening after the fact on one of the 50 different places this podcast ends up, including on christineupchurch.com. But whenever and wherever you're listening from, we're so grateful you joined us, and you're going to be grateful, too, because I've got a very exciting show. But before I get into that, I have to say hello and show my gratitude for the man behind the technology, Mr. Benny Mathers. Good morning, Benny. Hey, Christine. How are you today? I'm, I'm actually—I've been a little off-kilter. You know, Uh-oh. It's—, it's, it's It's funny because um, just the little things that have gone wrong and, you know, that's just not like me these days. So I've had to sort of do my little self-care techniques Mm -hmm. and and kind of reevaluate what's my belief system around this. And, you know, I'm busy letting go of of the little irritants in life, but it's sort of interesting because um, it's kind of a surprise. So I'm going to be honest because I know that our listeners have those moments too. So I wanted to share that I'm just trying to get reoriented, and I'm, I'm really grateful about our guest today because, okay, this, this is what Mike Dooley, who's, of course, the New York Times bestselling author of Infinite Possibilities, says about our guest today, Lee Harris. Lee Harris may be the most insightful, authentic, and caring energy empath I have met in a lifetime of seeking. Wow, that's, that's big. And I have to tell you, he is an intuitive medium. He's a transformational leader, a musician, a visual artist. Back in 2004, Lee began holding channeling sessions and readings in his home, and today he's got a huge following, and he leads workshops throughout the world. Um, He's the author of Energy Speaks, which is a, a very powerful book that I've got in my hands right now, and the subtitle is Messages from Spirit on Living, Loving, and Awakening something we, we very desperately need in our times right now. I'd like to say hello to our guest today, Lee Harris. Welcome, Lee.
2: Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: It, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you. And then I have to tell you that it's been fascinating to read your book because um, there are there are things, sort of validation of, of things that I've been understanding on my own and, and, and teaching. And there are also some other things where it's like, oh, that's a fascinating perspective. I love the orientation of the wisdom that you share. And so, um, but before we get into what it is you're sharing in your book and what it is you share in your workshops, I always like to people ask people how they get to this point. Um, did you always know that you were going to be doing channeling and uh, teaching workshops, or... Oh, God, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no,
2: no, I was, I was desperately trying to bang down the doors into the music world. And, um, and, it, it, you know, it wasn't really working. And over on the right, this sprung up around me. And um, the funny thing is that I never tried to make this work. Um, from day one, I, I always had a waiting list of people. And it was only years later that I realized how lucky I was, because I met other people who would say, oh, I'm trying to get clients for readings. And I'd be like, wow, God, there was, you know, it's so funny, isn't it? I think sometimes when we're meant to be doing something, uh-huh. it just works for us. Um, and I never thought I would channel either. That was a real surprise. Um, I'd heard of it. It wasn't something I was trying to do. I was very into personal growth and mm-hmm. um, very into metaphysics, but I didn't think that channeling would happen to me. So uh,
1: when you say channeling, can you share with our listeners a little bit about uh, your approach to channeling? Because I know that there are different types of channeling. How does channeling work for you?
2: So for me, I hear the voice of my guides, and they've explained that they're actually a group of 88. They say we're a collective of entities, uh-huh. um, and I've heard them for first, uh, for 20 years now. And so for me, when I channel for myself, I'll have a conversation with them in my own. You know, I can kind of... Go between my own mind and their voice um, or I can write it down and when I channel for others I let them come through me so um, I don't go into a trance I am conscious of what's going on it's a little bit like sitting behind my own body and letting them speak um, through my through my my head if you like
1: right right and I love the way in your book you describe how it's sort of like the above your head on the left like there's there's a certain orientation for how the information is coming through or how you hear the voice.
2: Yes, still to this day, um, you know, to the left, about 10 inches um, above my head and to the left. And um, I've also noticed that I seem to be a very auditory person. Um, I have quite good hearing, um, Uh but it can be tricky for me if there are too many. uh, um, It's like I hear multiple channels. So if I'm in a restaurant, I can be listening to the person that's talking to me. I can be listening to the music on another channel in in my brain and then I can be Mm -hmm. hearing, you know, a waiter. Uh, So it can be tricky for me if there are too many noise sources in one environment.
1: Right. And I guess it makes sense that you're auditory because of the fact that you're a musician.
2: Yeah, I guess so. It's funny. I didn't didn't realize that at the time, but the interesting thing is I only started writing music a year before I heard my guide and I never Mm -hmm. thought I would write music. I had been a lifelong lover of music. And, you know, I firmly believe, as many musicians will say, that the music is just there, and you hear it, and you're the musician or the songwriter that gets to bring it down and uh-huh. add lyrics to it. But, you know, so sometimes the music I hear will come fully formed with lyrics, but the melodies are something I hear and transcribe as a songwriter.
1: Isn't that interesting? That makes sense. That's, that's sort of my perception of what it means to be in the flow. Um. To, to download information Absolutely. from, you know, the, the, the field or whatever you want to call it. Um, so
2: well, and, and don't you, I don't know if you experienced this or any of the listeners experience this, but I've always told people to pay attention to the songs that come into their head because uh-huh. there is usually a lyric in that song that is like a message from the universe for that day. So it's no coincidence when you suddenly think of a song, when you uh-huh. think of a song, yeah. Go and Google what the lyrics are if you can't hear the lyrics, because there will be a message in it for you.
1: Absolutely. And I, I, I think the same way when I hear a song on the radio, when I hear it more than once, yes. or I hear it at a Absolutely. very specific time where it's like, okay, this feels like there could be a sign I need to pay attention. Because I'm, I'm the sort of person that doesn't pay attention to lyrics often, so that's great advice to Google the lyrics, because there can be something profoundly specific for us in those.
2: But what's so interesting about what you just said, because I'm the same, you know, for me, music is what moves me and melody moves me. But Mm -hmm. one thing that the Z's, my guides often say with the channeled messages that I've delivered to groups or that are out there on audio recordings is they will say that our words are one thing and our vibration is another. Mm -hmm. So they they say, don't worry if during listening to one of our channels, you drift off because you'll still get the vibrational shift of the information. Um, for some people, the words are really important to stay with, and for other people, they're not. So I totally I totally get what you mean about music there.
1: Yeah, and as an energy healer, I, I get that it's it's really about vibration. Everything's about vibration, whether we're talking about the Isn't denseness it? of our physical reality or the higher frequency vibration of that realm that you're talking about interacting with.
2: Yeah, and that's why I wanted to call the book Energy Speaks, because I thought, yeah. well, it's speaking to us all the time. And, of course, uh-huh. you know, as a channeler, energy speaks to me <laughs> literally with words. But, uh-huh. but more, I, I thought, you know, we, we're coming into this time um, right now that I think for those of us who are energy healers and intuitives, it's quite exciting to see how the truth of energy being the leader in our world is beginning to come more and more to
1: light. Yeah, and, and science is backing it up in a variety of ways. But I think you're talking about something that um, we need to focus on in a a little bit greater depth, and that is about our current time. Um, Before we get into Mm -hmm. that, I think we're going to go ahead and and take our first break. But when we return, I'm going to want you to hear about your perspective and the Z's perspective on what's going on today and how we can step into ease and power within the context of the transition. Stay tuned for more with Lee Harris here in just a few moments.
0: The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well being. and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. As a former research statistician, my scientific background is what many would call sensible. For more than a decade now, I have been working in the field of energy medicine, facilitating sessions and teaching around the world. People from the mainstream often ask me, how did a sensible woman like you end up working in such an alternative field? Implicit in their question is the underlying assumption that the field of subtle energy, such as energy healing and intuition, isn't sensible. But I believe it is very sensible. Even scientists are able to measure aspects of this. Approaching life from an energetic perspective brings us new opportunity for healing and transformation. And from a practical standpoint, even if you can't rationally explain how something works, if you experience a shift from it, then doesn't it make it pretty sensible? Please visit stellarreflections.com or call 425 999 9836. That's 425 999 9836. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was
3: nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to Be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences, one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success: learn about the Aces program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to Be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later.
0: How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day, we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com.
1: Welcome back to the Christine Upshurst Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. You know, it's one of those times, Benny, where we were having such a good conversation during the break that we weren't ready to come back in.
2: And that's my fault. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) 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 I got to make sure you're staying on your point, on your game. I know. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) No problem. And we don't want the the audience to miss out on some of this conversation. Okay. So I promised before the break that we were going to talk about the big picture of what's going on right now. Now here, particularly in the United States, I think that there are many of us who are, Light workers or conscious individuals, caring, heart-centered individuals who thought, we've shown up for like a, a real positive shift and things are looking pretty mm-hmm. bad. We, what's your perspective? What's, what's your, where we're at in our world right now?
2: Well, it's been interesting because, of course, that comes up a lot and has done for the last few years. And um, I was as horrified as most people when the election happened, um, uh-huh. just uh, from a human perspective. Um, purely because of the amount of um, hatred, separatism, and judgment right. that I was seeing spewing out. Right. Um, but one of the things the Z's have said is, um, it has to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. And they said, number one, the contrast in the um, in the shift that happened politically, because I, I twin it with what happened with Brexit in the same year. Um, uh-huh. The two felt very similar to me vibrationally. Right. Um, they said that this has to rise to the surface for a revolution to begin. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because I think now we're, we're, we're nearing three years uh, from from that shift in time. Um, mm-hmm. And certainly it's three years from Brexit next month. So it's it's interesting to me how much better things have become. And I'm not talking about in the political arena necessarily. Mm-hmm. But in terms of people's sense that, that we can change things, that we must change things, and that we're going to have to wake up and shake things up. And so I do see a lot of progression happening in terms of what people won't stand for. And what the Zs say is that this this is going to be, you know, a rough few years. It's going to carry on for, they they often say, until about 2024, um, this kind of fight and conflict. But what they say is what has happened now is the seeds that were hidden around control, judgment, and darker agendas have Mm -hmm. risen to the surface and are really in public view. And now they're in public view. There is an opportunity for the public to vote on them versus before they were just very insidiously woven into the fabric of our society and our patterns. Mm
1: -hmm. So one of the things I've been pondering recently, Lee, is the fact that, you know, for for many of us, this, this stuff's getting illuminated and it's shocking and it is of course, moving many of us to action of one sort or another, which I think is a very positive thing, because I think that many of us have had this perspective for a long time that we need to meditate, we need to deal with our own stuff, and then if somehow it's going to have a ripple effect. But I think many of us are being called to action associated with this. But there are there's this whole subpopulation of people who are really um, vulnerable to gaslighting, why do you think that is, that people will will believe what it is they're told when, in fact, it's, it's not true and they know it's not true?
2: Because it has to correlate with what's going on in their own body. So it has to serve their own agenda, their own level of judgment, their own uh-huh. level of um, energetic alignment. So in uh-huh. a way, what's horrifying to people is when people will just go along with it. It's also, um, I think, to some degree... Um, you have the empath narcissist dance going on.
1: Right. Um, so, <laughs> yeah.
2: empaths, you know, yeah, empaths and narcissists is, is something I did a whole course on last year because it's something I'd personally gone through many times. That dynamic is a very toxic dynamic, and it depends on the empath giving away their power to the narcissist. And I think a lot of people are unconscious of how much they're giving their power away to the one who screams the loudest or says uh-huh. the lie with great authority. And so I think probably about 20% of the people who will believe the gaslighting are unconsciously in that dynamic.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I, I too have been in that dynamic before. And it's it's very clear we have a narcissist in the White House. I mean, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's abundantly clear. Um, and... Yeah, so I've I've wondered that makes perfect sense. I, I understand people don't want to get they can't get beyond their their belief system if they're not of the vibrations being open. Um, but that's really interesting that that empath narcissist damp. Yes. So
2: how do we? Well, that's why that? I, that's why I think that has come up so much because in a way he's been a figurehead for things like that, the Me Too movement um, mm-hmm. actually r- rising up. The other thing that, that, that I didn't really understand as a British person, I've only lived in the States for seven years,
1: uh-huh. um,
2: is is people want to win. And so mm-hmm. a lot of Republicans will turn a blind eye because their party won. And right. so there is that, too. There is this, this kind of we want to be right and we want to win regardless. Even though it's looking crazy, we're going to turn a blind eye to the crazy until it mm-hmm. really hurts or impacts us. Um, And I have heard that more and more people are – the more it has escalated, the the more people get turned off. But to answer your question, that dynamic has to be changed from the inside out. So one of the things I did with the course is I called it a power dynamic and how to recover from it because it only helps you for, you know, a week if you label the other person a narcissist. But that won't necessarily help you avoid them in the future. You have to understand what happened to you why you got there, what what you were doing in your own personality that walked you into that kind of dynamic, and also why you weren't willing to own your own power. You know, it's very much a light worker and a healer um, negative symptom that will elevate others or see their highest potential and not really look at the reality because we so want things to be harmonic or loving right. that will mm. hang on to something that isn't for a very long time. And you have to learn to cut that which I think is one of the interesting things about this time, going back to what you said a couple couple of questions ago. One of the tricky things for lightworkers in the last seven years is we've been asked to descend <laughs> and mm, right. to come down into our human body, our human patterns, and to elevate ourselves but at a very human level and to kind of move through the wounding that any of us have got. So it's a complex time for sure.
1: It is. And, and I also feel like um, many of us, who are empathic have been called to help not just clear, we have to clear our own stuff, of course, but to clear the collective. And I've talked about clearing the collective grief. Um, Do you think that sometimes we're asked to process the collective, the the bigger stuff that goes beyond our, our personal issues and woundedness?
2: I think that, some people are built for that, and I think a lot of other people get swept up doing that, and it can be harmful for them. Um, I know I, I had periods in my life where I know I was doing that, and one of the things that um, I've really focused on with my work is, is helping sensitives and empaths own themselves, because I definitely didn't own myself for many, many, many years. You know, I was kind of hiring my energy out left, right, and center, uh-huh. And it resulted in burnout. It resulted in difficult relationships. It, it resulted mm-hmm. in a lot of loss. And so, one of the things that that some sensitives and empaths do do is they consciously work with the energy field of places and people. But they know how to get in and get out. They know how to clear their field after they've done it. A right. lot of other people, because they aren't necessarily yet sure how to own themselves or how to focus their own human life, they can get lost in the energy realms of others and and kind of get stuck with that being their purpose. And that can be very painful. It can lead to a lot of personal suffering, depression, very bleak view of the outside world, because you're right. kind of getting off kilter with your own role on the planet. Mm-hmm.
1: It sounds like you, in order to do that, you have to have very strict um, energetic boundaries associated with it. Good energetic
2: boundaries, and to really study it, to really, if that, if you're going to make that your work, mm-hmm. get good at it. Don't just, feel like you're a victim of that which many people do and I I totally emphasize I understand if that's where you're at because I've been there but you go okay if this really is who I'm supposed to be let me figure this out so that I can do it in an exceptional way and that I can preserve and restore myself while I do it whereas a lot Mm -hmm. of people kind of feel like they get pulled around in the way and that shows that you don't know how to maintain your own center or return to yourself but with many of those people it's actually that they haven't been able to lock onto a bit more of their own human purpose. So mm-hmm. they're kind of lost in the ethos in a way that they're, 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 they're not able to get back into their own body and right. and find their own purpose in a very physical, everyday way, which is which is hard for sensitives and empaths, particularly if they're still trying to recover from trauma.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, at one point you were talking about how sensitives and empaths have a tendency Give their power away, in particular with, within the, this narcissist empath dance. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it that those of us who are sensitive and empaths might give our power away, and how do we stop doing that?
2: Well, mostly it starts to keep yourself being safe. So, the reason that people pleasing is such a disease among those of us who are sensitive and empaths is if we pleased people and if we served their energy needs when we were trapped in a room with them when we were young, uh-huh. um, it was a way to be able to breathe. Right. And like anything, you know, we, we, we all grow up and we evolve as we go. So I think a lot of people have got stuck in this idea that they have to make the other person in the room happy rather than recognizing, oh, this person doesn't want to be as happy as I would like to be. I've tried a few different invitations to happiness, and they're, they're clearly knocking me back, so I should walk away. And I should find someone else that I can generate that energy with. Otherwise, I'm going to suffer. So that's mm-hmm. why I think there can be such an alignment with suffering, with empaths and sensitives. And it's a very tricky balance because your gift is helping others with their suffering, but your risk is taking on the suffering of the world and running it through your own body.
1: Mm-hmm. And and how does that do the world a disservice if we choose that latter path?
2: If you choose the latter path, you actually lose your power. So I, I've met some people who believe that they are processing the suffering of the world mm-hmm. through their own body, but there's a, there's a martyr energy in that. And you have to be careful because you actually lose effectiveness. It's, it's a very, um, what's the word? It, it's a very separatist way of being. And for some people, again, there are a small number who choose to do this. They do it consciously. They do it well. But, again, it goes back to the trauma, um, energy-sensitive and empath. Tend to be able to live outside their body, and perhaps
1: mm-hmm.
2: for the longest time, that was the safest place for them to be. Right,
1: right. And in order for us to change the world, we have to bring that higher frequency vibration into our bodies, don't we?
2: Yeah, and to trust your human role is enough. I think sometimes people get into the idea that they have to, that their job is only to raise consciousness on the planet, and who uh-huh. they are as a human being is is not important. And actually the opposite is true. Who you are as a human being is you are a beautiful jigsaw piece for this world. And you get to own that jigsaw piece and you get to explore it and experience it. So, you know, for me, the rehabilitation journey from being a very raw empath and sensitive to one who can now inhabit my body, inhabit my focus every day, still do the work I do, still, you know, amplify, but also Uh become small and focused too. Um, it's right. been a journey of many years, but it's, it's a very rewarding one when you get there. Yeah.
1: This is a fascinating conversation. We're going to go to another quick break, but stay tuned for more with Lee Harris.
4: I'm Peggy Snow with another Stellar Reflections Minute. Presence, or what we think of as being fully in the moment, is a key element in the process of healing work. As a practitioner facilitating a session, genuine presence takes us out of our heads where we tend to decide what is and maybe what should be for the client, and moves us into direct experience where we're available to witness the person in their wholeness. In this receptive realm, our senses are heightened and expanded, allowing us to perceive what's seeking to unfold and to interact in the moment. There's something profoundly powerful that happens when healing is approached in this simple, pure way. Balance can be restored and healing can take place on multiple levels. If you'd like more information about the services we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at stellarreflections.com or call 425-999-9836 that's
2: 425-999-9836 are you ready to broadcast your brand ideal with the latest in information technology Bioresonance software distills your brand ideal or intention and enhances your core internal organizing principle this has a tremendous impact on your organization's alignment, as well as the behavior, satisfaction, and the retention of its employees. Your physical business structure can unfurl, opening up the possibilities of creating an energetic presence for a brand, even ahead of its launch. Check out JeanetteWolf.com for more on a signature frequency branding.
3: Are you ready to create a life you'll really love? Then you'll want to tune in to the hit show Life Design Radio from adversity to awesome with Susan DiLorenzo live each month on transformation Talk no matter where you are in your adversity story life design radio has got you covered get ready to feel inspired enlightened and motivated for more information about working with susan visit susandilorenzo.com is traditional medicine not working for you do you still feel as if your health isn't 100% Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404.
0: The vibration of change.
1: Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in Seattle and on Transformation Talk Radio around the world. I'm talking today with author, intuitive, medium, um, and empath Lee Harris, uh, author of Energy Speaks, Messages from Spirit on Living, Loving, and Awakening. Now, Lee, um, we've talked about some of the dysfunction that can happen with sensitive um, how can we move forward into our life purpose with the, the energetic boundaries and the clarity that we so need in order to do our, our work as best we can while in human form?
2: Well, I for, for me, that journey has happened over time and with me really paying attention. So I think it's... It, paying attention to what's working and what isn't and trust what isn't so for example if you have a dynamic that you've been in with a friend or someone you work with or a partner for three years Mm
1: -hmm. and it's
2: constantly frustrating you or bringing stuff up for you don't just bypass that don't just think you've got to love harder or be nicer really question okay there's something here for me to learn and it could transform the relationship for the better it could make me end the relationship and to not be afraid of that. And I think that's often the hardest part because um, empaths and sensitives are very wired for love and harmony. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, any kind of break or interruption or challenge isn't necessarily going to bring about love and harmony in the short term, but in the long term, it can build a stronger foundation. So um, empaths have to be able to learn when to make a judgment call that might temporarily upset the energy of the room for themselves and for others. But they have calculated that A, this needs to be done, and that B, this is the way to improve things for the future. So I think boundaries, learning to say no, but learning to really critically observe your life as much as you spiritually live it. I think that's that's one of the key things to have one foot in the spiritual world and one foot in the human. You have to be... Um, really honest with yourself about what you're seeing in your behavior in the behavior of others um you know i have a a saying which is you can't love and light your way out of this one and you know (laughs) sending sending love and light to someone in our life or to ourselves is great and it works but it's half of the equation and sometimes you can't love and light your, your your way out of a situation out of a relationship Sometimes there has to be a bit of a rubber-meets-the-road conversation with someone else or with yourself Mm -hmm. in order to move
1: things forward. Right. So I know that that part of this whole equation of what you're talking about right now requires people to to be willing to let go when necessary. How do we get comfortable with that letting go?
2: Well, you know, the Z's helped me with this many years ago when they basically said, they said that everybody is the same, meaning if you lose a friend or if you leave a relationship, they said, when enough time has passed, you will meet that person again. And often it will be the upgrade of that relationship, Hmm. not because the person you were with was inferior to the new person, but because you have evolved. So, for example, let's say you've got a friend who's always arguing with you and You wish that she wasn't, but she can't help but bring up conflict. But Mm -hmm. she really makes you laugh. And she's like one of the funniest people you've ever met. And you're like, I don't want to not see her anymore because, you know, half of it is brilliant. Well, if you do get to a point where you see this person less, or you realize the conflict is dragging you down and you can't seem to resolve that with her, if you walk away from that person, you will be surprised that give it six months or a year, someone else will come into your life that will remind you of that person but won't have the conflict. They'll have some of the humor. And it's not necessarily that people are disposable. You know, I don't think we do always have to walk away from a relationship, but Uh you have to be willing to. I think in order to really affect transformation in relationship, you have to be willing to go, okay, I'm going to let go of my attachment and my codependency to this person and this relationship. And I'm going to tell the truth about what I feel And if this relationship is a vibrational match to me, it will be able to handle that and it will be able to meet me. And if it isn't and it has a big reaction, then it will only be confirmation of the discomfort that I'm already feeling in the relationship anyway. It will just let that discomfort really rise to the surface so that I'm no longer absorbing it insidiously.
1: So you said the a wordly attachment. attachments. I think that um, oftentimes in romantic relationships in particular, we sometimes confuse attachment for love. How does the person discern the difference?
2: Well, I think that's a good question, and it's very personal. I think you have to decide, you know, what is that relationship for in your life? You know, for some people, they want their relationship to be everything to them. They want their relationship to be um, I want I want to be inspired and loved. And da-da. and for other people, they're like, you know, I have a nice relationship. It's, I love that we're kind to one another and I have some really wild friends, so I get stimulated by them. I think it's dangerous for any of us to tell someone else what their romantic relationship should be mm-hmm. because everybody uses their life differently. And like I said, for some people, they want their romantic relationship to be a highlight of their life. And for other people they see that as part of their life and they don't necessarily put it above their relationship with their brother or, you know, the person that they see every Saturday that they love going for a hike with. Um, I definitely am someone who used to prioritize romantic relationships. And these days, even though I am married and, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. very happily married, I I believe that we're supposed to meet so many people in our lives and we're supposed to love so many people, whether they're our friends, our partner, our family member. I have a slightly different philosophy around romance these days than I used to do.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that um, in stories, in, in movies, you know, books, uh, the, we've, we, it's, they often betray the romantic relationship as the being the thing, the life changer, the game changer, uh, the thing that makes us whole again. Uh, so what you're saying is to stop perceiving it that way and see what it is for the for you as an individual, what it is you really need within the context of a romantic relationship.
2: You know, I was someone who used to be so pained when I was single. You know, in my 20s, uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'm single. I wish I could find the one, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, it's common. I mean, a lot of people go through that, and it's who, it's who sure. I was at the time. But uh-huh. I've come to understand something different since my 30s. When you put a group of people together and they're all connecting, so for example, if you're in a workshop, let's say you're on a retreat with 40 other people and it's a really intimate retreat and everyone's happy, you feel full with those oh. people. You right. don't have to have your romantic partner in the room. You feel full because everyone is sharing, connecting, open with each other, and we are community. And I think often the pain of being single is is can be a lack of community as much as... As much a desire that you want someone who you can mirror and share your life with.
1: Uh-huh. And so I think
2: that, I think in a way, we're sold a story about romantic love that sets us all up for failure and gives people very unrealistic expectations about what their partnership should be. Mm-hmm. So then they're like, oh, I'm divorcing you. Um, and sure, I mean, divorces happen because some people outgrow each other or they need to go in a different direction. So sure. sometimes it's because people are mad that their partner isn't what the movies promise. And that's a really unrealistic expectation. You know, if you're completely happy with yourself and you're able to find connection and joy in life every day, then you aren't going to need someone else to fill in those blanks for you. You might have a companion in that, but you're not going to put all that pressure on them.
1: Right. Yeah. Great advice. Um, We're going to head into our, our next break, but stay tuned for more with Lee Harris.
0: I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. Years ago when facing cancer, without any immediate treatment options, I sought healing by making various life changes. For a while, I followed a very restrictive diet. I often found myself obsessing about which foods were good and which ones were bad. Then one day, I realized I was consuming foods based on fear. Fear of not getting well. But I didn't want to make choices out of fear anymore. I decided it was far better for my immune system if I allowed myself to experience the joy that came from, say, eating frozen yogurt than it was for me to ingest the fear that came from avoiding it. Now, instead of choosing healthy habits based on fear, I try to make choices because they feel right and ultimately bring me joy and ease. How many of your healthy habits are really based on fear? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. That's StellarReflections.com.
1: Welcome back to the Christine Epschurch Show. You know, Lee, before this hour is finished with flying by, I want to make sure you have an opportunity to, to tell our guests, or I mean, tell our listeners um, how they can connect with you, what it is you offer. Um, so first, let's start with your website. What's your website?
2: Sure. So my website is Lee Harris Energy. Dot com So, Lee Harris and then the word energy.com. And, and, and let me spell um, that every, out
1: because yeah. you, you've got a, yeah. a bit of an accent for those who are in the U.S. L-E-E-H-A-R-R-I-S-E-N-E-R-G-Y.com. So, Lee Harris, energy.com is the Americanized way of pronouncing it. <laughs> Go ahead.
2: Thank you. Thank mm. you. Um, so, every month I do a free energy update, which is a video that's normally about 15 to 20 minutes long. And they go on to YouTube, so you can find me on YouTube if you just type in Lee Harris Energy Updates. But to be honest, the best place is my website because everything is listed there. Um, on the homepage, we have links to the book and some free gifts um, if you want to download some free gifts. Um, and the energy updates are there, too. And it's where I just share what's going on energetically on the planet this month and what might be showing up for you as a theme and give some tools as to how to deal with it.
1: Yeah. And... That's the first way I connected with you, I think, was on Facebook, uh, where, you know, one of my Facebook friends had posted one of your energy updates, and I thought, this is somebody who's tuned in. I mean, there are a lot of people who are doing that sort of thing right now, and I'm really discerning, and um, so those of you who are listening, if you're going to tune into one, tune into Lise.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I think I think that's the, probably the, the thing that reaches the most people of anything that I do. Um, and yeah, I started doing this seven years ago, and I'm glad I didn't stop. A couple of times I've I, I felt like stopping, and I didn't. I just plowed through. But yeah, I can't believe it's been seven years already.
1: I know time flies. Okay, so um, so there you probably have things on your website as well re- regarding. Workshops. And-
2: yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so I have some live events coming up. I'm in Denver and London in June, and um, a seven-day retreat in Costa Rica in October. Um, and yeah, I have I have several online courses. We're actually starting a new one in June, and it's called Abundance Upshift. Um, mm. And it's basically how to live a more prosperous life in all ways, spiritual and material. Um, And it it really is interesting when we were putting this book together, you know, three of the chapters relate to abundance and Uh one is loving money, one is the art of receiving and one is called abundance. And I noticed that as I was um, recording the audio book, um, those chapters really stood out to me. And um, then, I, as I started doing interviews for the book, so many people were asking me about abundance. I thought, uh-huh. okay, I've been, I've, I've heard for years people wanted an abundance course, and I thought, well, now's the time to do it. So, right. um, that's coming up in June. Yep. And I also have the Empaths Narcissists course for anyone who resonated with what we were talking about. And again, okay. you can find it all at my site.
1: Great. So let's talk about abundance for, for just a minute. And in your book, you talk about the art of receiving. What's the number one problem people um, have that causes them to block receiving?
2: We have um, pre-wired limits on receiving that we're completely oblivious about. And that's the first thing. It's being willing to allow yourself to receive. So, for example, if you and I went for coffee, Christine, and we both got maybe a coffee or a juice and a snack, and Uh I said to you, oh, Christine, I want to pay for these um uh-huh. you would respond one of three ways you would go oh great thanks or you might go oh okay well then i'll get the next one meaning uh-huh. you cancel out what i'm giving you and you check some balances me or you say no 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 i i'll pay for my own or i want to pay which is you just completely blocking the receiving now right. if we went and sat down with our coffee and our snack um that you had let me pay for and i said Christine, I want to take you on a three-month European tour. I'm going to pay for everything—all the flights, the trains, the hotels, and all the food. Most people wouldn't just go, "Oh, great, thanks." Why That's do you go got to ask her? Off- I want to go. That's
4: you- <laughs> <See, laughs> nice offer. Would. That's a nice you offer, need- right there. <laughs> yeah, you—you
2: you, you, you don't need to read the offer receiving. You're—you're you're good. Um, but, but yeah, basically, we have this kind of this limitation. A lot of people would think. You can't, you can't do that. That's too much money. How do I pay you back? Immediately, we go into this checks and balances mind. So the art of receiving chapter is really about exploring that and looking at that, and that's that's going to be a, a one big component in my course.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting. I was pondering how I would respond. I mean, first of all, yes, the coffee and the three month tour. Besides, like, okay, there, I've got a lot of things going on, so that that probably wouldn't work. Um, I would be inclined to say yes to a person if I could discern kind of energetically, you know, what the dynamic was. Um, were there hidden hooks of, of what would be owed back or, um, you know, I'm basically somebody who, who is generous. I love to give to people. It's it's one of the ways I express love. And so, um, I've gotten to be pretty comfortable receiving as well. Um, so okay, I just want to go on record. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I know <laughs> and I, I'm,
2: sim- I'm similar. I'm similar like you. I would, I probably wouldn't be able to do it right now because everything uh-huh. would work. Okay. But um, but I, I'm now at a point where I would allow myself to receive that, taking into account everything you said or checking that I knew that the person was wealthy enough that that wasn't sure. going to you know, negatively impact them. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, course. I'm now at a point where I would say yes, but I didn't used to be. And, um, no, but I've come know. a long way with abundance um, myself in the last 15, 20 years. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, fascinating. Um, just hour is flying by before it ends. I do want you to talk about one of the chapters in your book called The Power of Women um, and how that relates to what's going on right now. Can you please share your perspective about that? So I was leading a...
2: Weekend retreat in Austin, Texas, in 2008. Can you believe? And that uh-huh. channel was delivered in the room. And of uh-huh. course, we have, you know, I've I've added a little bit uh, of extra information when we were editing the book. But it's amazing to me how 11 years ago that channel felt not ahead of its time in the message, because you know, I've I've always been someone who has cheered on the empowerment of women since I was uh-huh. a kid and and wanted to see more of it. But there were some specific things in that chapter about how. It's, it's so important that women rise in the world, not just for women, but for men, too, uh-huh. because men need to go to the next level of masculinity. And if women are capped in where they can go and how they can express their power, their voice and their influence in the world, then so, too, do men not get to upgrade themselves. So it's very interesting that, you know, as as we were preparing the book about two years ago, um, it was right before so many powerful things that we've seen uh, in the women's movement, not not least, of course, the Me Too movement and how that is bringing a certain level of healing um, for women as they step forward. Um, right. It's interesting to me to watch it all playing out now 11 years later.
1: Yeah, that is fascinating. And so what will the benefit be to the world?
2: Oh, I, I think it's, it's immeasurable. I think the benefit to the world is balance. Um, Because, you know, whether you're a woman who feels like you're quite masculine uh, or whether you're a man who feels that he's a bit more in the feminine, um, it's not about um, women should be feminine and men should be masculine. It's more about what we will allow the role to be on the planet, because Uh while the roles remain fixed and limited in any way, so too is the energy. So Uh if a woman is forced into a position of being objectified, having to use her beauty as a value rather than who she is, then that puts the limitation on everybody. It it fixes everybody in a position that's really quite old. Mm -hmm. And so as we shift around how women are allowed to be seen and be leaders on the planet in the way that they've been invisible leaders all this time through parenting, but that's not a very valued role in our society. That's an undervalued role. Yeah. Um, As that starts to shift, it's going to bring about a new level of consciousness in and for us as men and women, which we all really need and want to move into. But we're only allowed to move into it so much at the moment. You know, Men are allowed to be more expressed and more in touch with their emotions these days than they've ever been, but we still have a long way to go. And women are allowed to be given equal power and equal rights, which even though the laws have changed, we still see that there are areas where that isn't the case in much the same way that ethnic minorities. Sure. There's a certain law, um, law equivalent, but there's still an enormous amount of white privilege in the world, um, that, that has to balance out. So it's, it's a time of balancing.
1: Yeah. And I, I, love that concept. And, um, I, I have hope for this world. And I'm so grateful that, that you're a part of helping us head that direction. Again, I want to mention uh, Lee's book is Energy Speaks and uh, LeeHarrisEnergy.com. Lee, thank you for joining us here today.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you both.
1: And thank you for joining us here today. I look forward to talking to you again soon.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.